line the room could take a weaver several years. What would you have as the subject, Monseigneur? Last year I was made president of the Cour des Aides. The position meant nothing to me. I want to celebrate the achievement with a set of tapestries. It is essential that the family coat of arms be displayed, but I want it to be part of a larger scene, to reflect my place at the heart of the court. A procession, perhaps? A battle. The Battle of Nancy. I knew little of battles, and nothing of this one at Nancy. Horses, I thought. I would need to paint at least twenty horses to cover these walls, tangled with men's arms and legs and armor. I wondered then what had made Jean Leviste, or Léon more likely, choose me for this work. My reputation at the court is as a miniaturist, painter of tiny portraits of ladies that they give men to carry. I paint shields and ladies' carriage doors for drink money, but my true skill is in making a face the size of my thumb. The thought of painting twenty huge horses. I began to sweat. I'll leave you with Léon to discuss details and to measure the walls, jean Levis said. I will expect to see preliminary drawings by Maundy Thursday. When we were alone, I spoke at once to Léon Levier. My fee is ten livres tournois, four now, three when I finish the drawings, and three when the paintings are done. Five livres paisie, he responded. Half when you finish the drawings, the rest when you deliver the paintings, and they're to Monseigneur's satisfaction. Absolutely not. Eight livres tournois, three now, then three and two. Seven. I will give you two tomorrow, then two and three at the end. I changed the subject. It is always best to let the merchant wait a little. Where will the tapestries be made? Probably Brussels. They do the best work there. Alors, what do you know about the battle at Nancy? Léon asked. I shrugged. What does it matter? All battles are the same, n'est-ce pas? That's like saying that all women are the same. I smiled. I repeat. All battles are the same. Léon shook his head. I pity your wife one day. Now, tell me, what will you have in your tapestries? Horses, men in armor, standards, pikes, swords, shields, blood. What will Louis XI be wearing? Armor, of course. Someone will carry the royal standard, I expect. Louis XI was not at the Battle of Nancy. The Swiss killed Charles the Bold with Louis XI's backing, but he was not there. Oh. Bon. Léon took out some papers and laid them on the table. I've already discussed the contents of the tapestries with Monseigneur. Here. He pointed to six rectangles he had roughly sketched. There's space for two long ones here and here, and four smaller. Here is the sequence of the battle. He explained the battle carefully, suggesting scenes for each tapestry. Once you've made the paintings, Léon reminded me, your work is done. I'll take them north to the weaver, and his cartoonist will enlarge them to use for the weaving. Did Monseigneur actually fight with the Swiss? Léon laughed. <laughs> Undoubtedly, Jean Leviste was on the other side of France during the Battle of Nancy, working for the king. That doesn't matter. Just put his coat of arms on flags and shields that others carry. Now I'll leave you to your measurements. If you have problems, come and see me. I couldn't resist a last question. Why did you choose me for this commission? I didn't. Why did Jean Leviste choose me then? You'll find out soon enough, Nicolas Desannesons. 
Léon gave me a look as he left. Pulling a chair to one wall, I stood on it, but even reaching as high as I could, I was far from touching the ceiling. I pulled the chair back and stepped up onto the oak table. I was still at least my height again from the ceiling. I was wondering where I could find a long pole to use for measuring, when I heard humming behind me and turned around. A girl stood watching me. A lovely girl. She had pale skin, a high forehead, hair the color of honey, clear eyes. For a moment, I couldn't say anything. Hello, beauty, I managed at last. The girl laughed. She was wearing a simple blue dress with a tight bodice. She wore a plain scarf, too, her long hair falling almost to her waist. She was clearly too fine to be a maid. Perhaps a lady-in-waiting? The mistress of the house wishes to see you, she said, then turned and ran away, still laughing. I didn't move. I've learned that dogs and ladies come back to you if you stay where you are. She reappeared. Are you coming? I will, beauty, if you will walk with me and not hurry ahead as if I were a dragon you had to flee. The girl laughed. Come, she beckoned, and this time I hopped down from the table. Up close she smelled of something sweet and spicy. What do you have in your mouth, beauty? Toothache. The girl stuck out her tongue. On its pink tip lay a clove. The sight of her tongue made me hard. <laughs> Why rush, I said. Your mistress won't mind if you and I have a little chat along the way. What do you want to talk about? The girl turned up a round staircase. I leapt onto the stair in front of her. What sort of animals do you like? The girl thought. I like parakeets. I have four. They eat from my hand. She ran around me to stand on the stairs above me. She didn't go higher. Yes, I thought. I've set up my wares, and she's coming for a look. Come closer, my dear, and see my plums. Squeeze them. Not a parakeet, I said. Surely you don't think of me as a squawker and an imitator. My parakeets make no noise. But anyway, you are an artist. Isn't that what you do? Imitate life? I make things more beautiful than they are. Though there are some things, my girl, that cannot be improved upon with paint. With her tongue, she moved the clove from one cheek to the other. I will have you, I thought. I will. Come. My mistress waits, she said. We must not keep her. I know which animal I want to be, I panted, running after her. What's that? A unicorn. Do you know of the unicorn? The girl snorted. She'd reached the top of the stairs. I know it likes to lay its head in maiden's laps. Is that what you like to do? Ah, the unicorn does something far greater than that. His horn has a special power. Did you know that? What does it do? If a well is poisoned or sullied... A unicorn could come along and dip his horn into it, and it would become pure again. What do you think of that? What do you want me to think of it? I want you to think of me 
as your unicorn. There are times when you're sullied, beauty. Every woman is. That is Eve's punishment. But you can be made pure again every month, if you will only let me tend to you, plough you again and again until you laugh and cry. Every month you will go back to Eden. It was that last line that never failed when I was hunting a woman. The idea of that simple paradise seemed to snare them. They always opened their legs to me in the hope that they would find it. Perhaps some of them did. The girl laughed raucously. She was ready. I reached out to squeeze her and seal our exchange. Claude, is that you? What's taken you so long? A door had opened and a woman stood staring at us. I dropped my hand. Pardon, maman. Here he is. Claude laughed again, probably at the look on my face. She turned and ran. I shuddered. I had just tried to seduce Jean Leviste's daughter. But I wanted her more than ever, and not just for bedding. I wanted to lie with her at my side and talk to her, touch that mouth and hair and make her laugh. The woman was looking at me as if she'd guessed all that was going through my head. She pushed the door open and went back in. I followed. I had painted miniatures in many ladies' chambers. This one was not so different. There was a bed made of chestnut and hung with curtains of blue and yellow silk. There were oak chairs padded with embroidered cushions. There was a side table covered with bottles and a casket for jewels and several chests for clothes. An open window framed a view of Saint-Germain-des-Prés. Gathered in a corner were...